coming up on today's episode of the Positivity Platform. There's definitely something to be said for having your physical form feeling its best. And when it's not, it really can have an impact on every other aspect of your life. Socially, I do feel uplifted and I feel whole and I feel healthy in that way. And I knew that to live my best life, I needed to get onto that journey toward greater physical health for myself. Wellness encompasses more than maybe your on-paper list of conditions that you have. It really incorporates the way that you approach life. Welcome to the Positivity Platform. We're your hosts, Erica and Evelyn. Join us for weekly chats that unpack life's experiences and forge pathways to positivity. Welcome back to the Positivity Platform. We are so excited because we're back with season two, episode one. It's been nice to have a little bit of break because we've both had a lot going on, but Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to hop into the golf cart and talk about what's been going on in our lives over the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. I I did like the break because we do have a lot of creative energy that goes to this, but I will admit I missed the routine. Yeah. Well, I missed you. That was yes. for sure because Erica went on a very extensive vacation. I did. Uh, almost yeah. a month, right? It was three weeks and two, three weeks and three days. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we did, we went to Rhode Island, to Massachusetts, back to Rhode Island, then down to Orlando, Florida, then Pensacola, Florida, then Atlanta, Georgia. And then back to Honolulu. So it was a very busy three weeks and three days. And um, so, yeah, it was a great trip. What's been going on with you, Evelyn? Well, while you were out visiting family off island, I had family coming here to visit me. So my older sister, who does not live here, she lives in American Samoa. She had a work conference here. And I know a lot of the people she works with who were Mm -hmm. actually here for that uh, conference. So they were here for a week. My mother turned 80. So, but unfortunately I didn't make it home Mm -hmm. for her birthday. It was just too crazy. And a lot of things came up. Like my father actually came here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my father and my stepmother were here. Gosh, it just seemed like visitor after visitor. And when you get into that mode where it's always so fun But it's a lot of socializing because we have been very vocal on this podcast about how we're both introverts. Yeah. So I took a practice that we had discussed here and applied it to visiting with my sister. And it worked wonders. I mean, growing up all these years, she definitely has can socialize. Mm -hmm. I mean, social, 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 both of my sisters. Yeah. But for me, I just used the language and pulled out that tool and I said, I have to go home and charge my social battery and I will be back tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sure she was just like, tomorrow? (laughs) How long does it take here? Not only do you have the tools to do, you know, like the, the vocabulary from what we've discussed before, but I think it's also so important to recognize that it's okay mm-hmm. to do that. Like it's great it is. to do it. It's more than okay. It's actually more than okay. It's great to be able to do that and to recognize what you need to fill mm-hmm. your own 
cup. Yes. And I think that if you can, if we can all get used to vocalizing that, it takes, there's nothing personal about it. Somebody is actually saying, I want us to have a good time together. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to do that, I have to feel good. And so I'm actually doing everyone here a favor by Mm -hmm. removing myself. And you know what? I would come back all fresh and ready to go. But I, I, the two of us are so different because first of all, my battery is probably a quarter the size of hers. And (laughs) it's like charging with that old iPhone charger, you know, not (laughs) the quick charge one, no, the slow one where you look and you're like, is it plugged? (laughs) <laughs> like it's only at like 30%. Yeah. And then I come back and I check and I'm like, oh, now it's 34% three hours <laughs> later. But I definitely, my battery went low. Yeah. I'm assuming and, you know, that everybody understood that. And I think mm-hmm. that it's great that we all recognize that we're different and we have different emotional, social, physical needs and Mm -hmm. taking care of oneself, which is actually what we will talk about later is paramount. And so the fact that you were able to um, still enjoy all of your family, have fun, and then Mm -hmm. also recharge your battery. I think that's a really great life lesson for all of us, you know, me and Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening is like, it's okay to say, this is what I need and to attend to your needs, your personal needs. Yeah, I think so. Well, okay. So talking about family. So yes, we did come off of this huge trip and uh, Thomas and I traveled and we saw family everywhere. The entire trip was to spend time with family, living all the way here in Hawaii and all of our family being all the way on the East Coast of the US definitely poses a challenge. We see them less frequently than we would love to, but it is where we are. And so being able to spend that much time with family was amazing. So in Orlando, we visited with Bella, my daughter, who was a guest on our podcast in the Raising Children to Adulthood episode in season one. Bella's a student at UCF. So we got to spend some time with her and we went to Disney World. Oh, yeah. We're both like Disney booze, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And Thomas had never been to Disney World. And so this was his first experience. So I thought I need to break him in gently, which I did. You know, I, Uh I didn't bring him to Magic Kingdom because I thought he doesn't really have the association with it. So all of the nostalgic elements there probably just wouldn't ring like Mm -hmm. true for him in terms of his experience. Well, Mm -hmm. it happened to be the International Flower and Garden Festival at Epcot at this time of year, which I absolutely love. And Bella absolutely loves because she's an environmental sciences major and focuses in botany. We were walking around and everything is so beautiful. And, you know, they have topiaries of different Disney characters, all made out of flowers and different mm-hmm. vegetation. And it was so nice. So then we got to this area that had like this big herb garden. And we were like looking at all the herbs and it's herbs from all over the world. And so at one point, Thomas reaches down and he picks a piece off one of the plants and starts smelling it. And Bella was like, no, <gasps> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, oh, my, oh my God, God, I'm so embarrassed. No. <laughs> and so like, like, okay, let's just explain the. <laughs> this mm-hmm. Oh, no touchy. This is a no. no touchy zone, you know, <laughs> but it was kind of, you know, it was right there for the picking, but. Okay. Uh, okay. You, to you know, I love Odie and Odie knows it. <laughs> yeah. And I know, but I'm just laughing. I was like, oh, that would, it's like taking a toddler. 
Yes, exactly. A toddler. Remember when you took your toddlers to Disney and you'd be like, don't Don't pick anything. (laughs) Or if you touch it, be gentle with nature. Yes, yes. But it was like a little bonding moment. She's like, no, no, no. (laughs) It was so cute. But we had such a great time. One of the things that I was so excited about returning to here in Honolulu, other than Miles, of course, my son, was I wanted to see how much my mangoes had grown. I cannot tell you how much I missed my mango tree that I've talked about before. Yes. And my mango tree, I was so excited to see how the mangoes had grown because they were probably about the size of a blueberry when I left. So when I returned, it was awesome to see that they were probably about the size of, oh, I don't know what the comparison would be, a large strawberry, like a larger Mm -hmm. strawberry. So they had grown that much in three weeks, three and a half weeks. And then tragedy struck, Evelyn. Mm -hmm. We had the storms and Mm -hmm. we lost. Now it's over 80 mangoes off of our tree. Mm-hmm. And I was so sad because I cannot tell you how attached I am to this mango tree right now. It's that's probably might even be a little unhealthy because I'm very attached to it. <laughs> I, okay, I'm I'm gonna and I'm just gonna interject just for a moment here because I do. I number one, I have thought of this that I wanted to apologize. So Erica and I did catch up and we've talked since she yeah. returned. And initially when you told me that story, I re- I I did know I realized how much you love these mangoes. I didn't know the extent of it. So I'm very happy I had to jump in right when you said it might be a little unhealthy because <laughs> I felt horrible when I realized the depth of your love for these mangoes when I made my, which might have been an insensitive comment when you said, the wind blew them all down. And then I just casually said, oh, and now you're only going to have like 60 mangoes. And you're like, (laughs) no, Evelyn. More like half of them, more than half. And when you told me that you went and picked them up and actually counted them, I'm like, oh, she, this is like a, I did. I I needed to be more sensitive. So I I wanted to apologize for trivializing (laughs) the loss of your... I've grown up with mango trees, but I have never seen it the size of a blueberry Mm -hmm. to a straw. I've never. I just Mm -hmm. always get like the end product and I never even look up. So yes, I do. I hope I want to apologize for being so casual about... The well, casualty of all jokes all... about it. Like literally, yes. I did. I picked up yes. like everyone that I could pick up that was accessible. Mm-hmm. And I had them in like a brown paper bag and I counted them and I like <laughs> set them out on my outdoor table and mm-hmm. I like couldn't part with them. I like mm-hmm. uh, and honestly, I told him I, I think I just need to mourn them for a few days. I know that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I did because there was it's there's symbolism there. It's about the potential mm-hmm. in all living things, you know, yes. and it's like this lost potential. So mm-hmm. it just really resonated with me. And I'm not sure it's because I'm seeing like an end of life scenario in my sister's life, but this mm-hmm. this I don't know, like this potential of life in something that was cut short. Oh, and yes. And all the that parallel, you know, but it was sad yeah. to me. And so um, we've, we're hanging on to about 40 mangoes now and they mm-hmm. are about the size of a peach. Um, mm-hmm. So I think these ones should hopefully make it. I know it's a silly story in a sense, but yeah, it was, it, you know, they 
my mango tree brings a lot of joy to me. I take a lot of joy in nurturing plant life. It brings a lot of joy to me. So I'm excited Uh to have these mangoes that hopefully will make it. And then just all of the other fruits and vegetables that we have throughout the yard. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what, what you just explained to me and this conversation that we have, Mm -hmm. we just had is exactly what golf cart talk is. We talk about not taking things for granted. So when I heard your mangoes blew off the tree, Mm -hmm. all I could think about are are they're just mangoes. Then when I saw that you were really disappointed and Mm -hmm. we were able just to have this conversation, you saying how, you know, uh, what's going on with my my sister, there has to be a connection to that. And well, just the fact that you saw it and its lost potential, but also knowing that it was an act of nature, there was nothing that could happen yeah. is so symbolic of life. Yeah. And so I want to bring attention to that because that is exactly how our friendship went from zero to 60 because mm-hmm. in like a matter of days, because these are the things that I feel are meaningful and that you, unless you feel safe and are given the opportunity to see someone, see really see someone mm-hmm. and you not be offended by, you know, just how I had assumed it was just mangoes, but having like this dialogue that lets me know it was more than that. You know, I don't know. I just think it's so beautiful. And I I think it's a perfect segue into our mindful minute. Our mindful minute is when we pause and take a moment of gratitude for something we are thankful for. Whether we are having a great week or a week full of challenges, taking the time to be mindful of something we are grateful for allows us to focus on the good in our lives and forge pathways to positivity. So my mindful minute for today is I never take it for granted the power of connection and friendship. And so although you may have, you just said it was just sort of silly how I am. I don't think it's silly at all. I think it's the humanness in all of us and for you to share that with someone else. And yes, it is it is a mango tree, but there's just so much more that it can be. So I'm grateful for our conversations and for our friendship. I am too, Evelyn. Okay, so for my mindful minute today, I'm actually just thankful for plants and gardens Mm -hmm. of all types. Like I love botanical gardens. I love, Mm -hmm. I even love like the ancient hanging gardens of Babylon. When you look at what the, Mm -hmm. you know, mock-ups would have, what it could have possibly looked like. I love home gardens. I love flora of all varieties. And so I did come across this quote because I was thinking about just my love for all the things Odie and I are growing around here and how we're growing it together. But there was a quote that I found that says, plants do not speak, but their silence is alive with change. And I think it's so Mm. like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's seeing something grow and change. And Mm -hmm. I mean, every single morning, I he Odie can tell you every morning I will go out and look at that mango tree and I'm just like looking at the minute changes that probably are insignificant to anybody else who doesn't have a connection to it but to me you know it's 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 symbolic of something more like we just said you know it's just all of the change that is embodied within the plants just it tr- plants really are for lack of a better phrase like medicine for my soul mm. and and so I'm thankful 
my mindful minute, I'm thankful for plants of all varieties and gardens. At this time, we'd like to pause so that you too can contemplate something you are grateful for, your own mindful minute. Today, we are going to dive into the topic of health and wellness. How many times have you thought to yourself, I really need to focus on my health? I know that I definitely have throughout the years. We've mentioned it many times on this podcast. Many of us go through life feeling fine, but what if we can be better than fine by living healthier and more fulfilling lives through a focus on our health and wellness? Not only is health and wellness important for living a longer life, it's crucial to living your best and most positive life. So today, we are excited to explore how we can all forge pathways to positivity through a focus on health and wellness. So with that, let's further build the platform with today's moving moment. Our moving moment is always an inspirational quote that ties in with the theme of the day. Today's moving moment quote is by William London, and I quote, to ensure good health, eat lightly, breathe deeply, live moderately, cultivate cheerfulness, and maintain an interest in life. So let's get ready to hop on the platform and dive into the topic of health and wellness. Today, we are excited to have Dr. Noel with us from Atlanta, Georgia. Noel received her doctorate from the University of Pittsburgh in 2021. She is passionate about health and wellness and works in women's health care. We are thrilled to have Noel share her thoughts about how we can forge pathways to positivity through a focus on health and wellness. All right, Dr. Noel, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Noelle. I can also go by Dr. Noelle. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I come from a background in nursing. That's where I've received all of my education. I received a bachelor in science of nursing. Um, that was my undergraduate degree. My graduate degree was also in nursing, but in nursing practice with a specialty in midwifery. Mm. Throughout my career, which has been Almost 10 years so far, which is wow. somewhat wild. Is that crazy? <laughs> Almost 10 years um, in my healthcare journey. I've worked in a variety of settings from inpatient and outpatient oncology to um, women's health, primarily providing primary care for women and people with uteruses who come in for their annual well visits and also pregnant people throughout their pregnancy, their labor and delivery and the postpartum period. Well, Dr. Noel, we are so happy to have you here with us to share your wisdom and knowledge on the areas that we're going to focus on today in health and wellness. For several months now, Evelyn and I have been sharing about our individual health and wellness journeys. We probably are all aware that physical and mental health and wellness are important areas for improving longevity and quality of life. 
But in preparing for this episode, I personally was surprised to learn that there are many categories of health and wellness that I and probably many other people are not aware of. So Dr. Noel, today, would you please walk us through some different types of health and wellness that we can become more aware of as we seek to forge pathways to positivity in our lives? Absolutely. So I think primarily when people think about health and wellness, you probably think about physical health. And I think it is important also to make the distinction between health and wellness, because even though they oftentimes go hand in hand, they are different things. Typically, when you think about health, you're trying to meet a certain criteria of what it means to be free of certain diseases and diagnoses. But really, wellness encompasses more than maybe your on paper list of conditions that you have. It really incorporates the way that you approach life, the lifestyle that you have, and the habits that you have that contribute to your overall physical well-being. Yeah. And that's a great distinction. And I personally never really made that distinction for myself. You always hear health and wellness, health and wellness, but there really is that distinction. Mm -hmm. And so let's start with what you just mentioned, physical health, because I think that's a really great starting point. It's something we're all pretty aware of and familiar with. We always think about, I need to be healthy and we're thinking of our physical health. So tell us a little bit about physical health, Noelle. I think physical health is something that a lot of people have a very general understanding of. And a lot of the general concepts that we've learned since we were children really do apply to physical health, mainly diet, hydration, and physical activity. If you have those three things, that's a really great start to making sure that you are going to be physically healthy and are practicing habits that are going to contribute to physical wellness. So making sure you have a balanced diet, um, making sure you get the recommended amount of physical activity per week, which can be either consciously spending time going to the gym, doing various fitness classes. It can also be taking steps in your life to just move your body a little bit more, whether that's, I think a common one that a lot of people say is parking in the last parking spot. So you walk longer to get into the grocery store or deciding that you're going to take the stairs one day instead of taking the elevators. So diet and exercise are big ones. I think also there are some other types of physical health and wellness activities that people can do, such as making sure that you're up to date on your appointments. A lot of times there can be a lot of things that we might not think about on a day-to-day basis in terms of as we're aging or just going through life, what kind of screening procedures we should be doing to make sure that we don't have any unexpected health problems arising. So making sure that you're seeing your primary care provider, they're going to help you make sure you have any screening done to assess for your risks for various health conditions. Things like practicing safe sex and practicing family planning. If you are somebody who can conceive and you don't wish to conceive, those are really important factors to making sure that you're physically healthy. And then a very big one I think is sleep. And I think that's something that people have a lot of difficulty with Mm. and probably don't think about very much. There's an entire science of sleep hygiene, making sure that you're taking steps to promote falling asleep and staying asleep because you really do want to have a consistent sleep schedule get the appropriate amount of hours because that's going to facilitate you functioning to the best of your ability throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And the quality of your sleep as well. Absolutely. Versus just being in bed for eight hours and out of that eight hours, you were tossing and turning. 
you know, that's definitely a distinction that I think, especially maybe our generation, because we weren't unaware of sleep hygiene. You just thought, oh, you're resting in the bed and that's enough, but absolutely not. Sleep is so important. Okay. So let's dissect this a little bit because let's take this on a course of uh, discussing how this physical aspect of health and wellness can really help us in our ability to live our fullest, best lives. So I've been thinking a lot about this as we were planning for this episode. And I know you know this, Evelyn, and you certainly know this, Noel. but years ago, I went on a personal weight loss journey and I didn't do it necessarily for my physical appearance. It was at the time I had a very young child because I do have Miles, who's my sort of late in life surprise, much younger than my other children. And I knew that if I wanted to be around for him, I needed to make a change. And so I did lose about a hundred pounds right after losing about a hundred pounds. I actually found out that I was relocating to Hawaii. Now, what's really interesting about that is that I feel like had I not been on that journey for physical health and wellness Mm -hmm. for myself, I don't know what the experience here would have been like, like my ability to hike, my ability to Mm -hmm. do the things that I really enjoy with my child and for my own personal journey toward, you know, living a more fulfilling, positive life. And I knew that to live my best life, I needed to get onto that journey toward greater physical health for myself. When we think about living our best lives, you have one life to live and I want to live it in a way that allows me to enjoy the things that I like to enjoy with the people that I love and the people I want to surround myself with. So this physical aspect of health isn't about looking a certain way. It's about living fully in a healthy body. Mm -hmm. And it totally affects the quality of your life. You know, when we were younger and we had small children, it was like, oh, I want to be able, well, I'll be honest, I have four children Mm -hmm. and I had to be sure that I could sprint (laughs) towards the street when one got away from me or, you know, have the energy even as a 50, well, I'm older. So even as a 50, not that much, (laughs) you know, even as a 54 year old, I'm really being mindful of what my physical health will be like 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want creaky knees or, you know, back pain. So all of that kind of ties in for sure to your quality of life. What you were saying in terms of coming to other aspects of life in various physical conditions in terms of your health. I think as we discuss the rest of these areas of health and wellness, it'll become very apparent that everything's interconnected. So it's very hard to pick out one thing that's the primary thing to focus on or that's the most important. They all kind of contribute to each other and help to formulate your overall health and wellness. Mm -hmm. But I do think as humans, we're physical beings. We're in this physical body and there's definitely something to be said for having your physical form feeling its best. And when it's not, it really definitely can have an impact on every other aspect of your life. I think especially with physical health, it can feel very overwhelming to try to make a change because I think a lot of people will see big changes that they want to make in their bodies or big changes that they want to make in their habits. And it feels like there's such a discrepancy potentially with where you are to where you envision yourself in your ideal scenario. 
So I think it's really important to start with a mindset where you're not putting too much pressure on yourself, because I think the moment you start to expect dramatic changes overnight, that's the moment where you're going to feel less motivated and less capable of achieving the changes that you want. So I think it's really important to start with something very small. If maybe your primary concern is that you feel like you're not staying hydrated enough, something as simple as purchasing a water bottle that you can take around with you everywhere, just so it's with you and you're constantly reminded to drink a little bit more water. That can be a great step. Mm -hmm. And as you start to get comfortable with that, you can add small other steps or something like getting a pedometer. If you feel like you're not getting enough physical activity, just having that data of how many steps you're walking each day, it gives you a benchmark that the next day you can say, okay, well, tomorrow I want to walk 500 extra steps or even a thousand extra steps or however many. It just gives you kind of a way to see what you're currently doing and to try to make small changes. I think the biggest thing is making small changes. If you try to do too much at once, it can get very overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. I know in developing habits, um, James Clear talks about you have to make it easy and you have to make it attractive. Um, One last thing as we wrap up physical health though, Noel, is what I heard you say that I think is also crucial. And that is to be sure that you are having your screenings, your annual screenings or whatever they might be. You know, this is an area that I know personally is very easy to neglect, but they're crucial to the ability to have early detection for any potential issues that could arise. So Noel, can you just reiterate that to our, to anyone who is listening about what this will look like and how people can ensure that they are setting up these important appointments that will help just monitor our health. Absolutely. Um, So it's well-documented throughout research and the literature that the best way to promote health is through preventative measures and primary care. And In the cases where that can't be achieved, early detection, if you do have some sort of condition that arises. I think a lot of people in the United States in particular are of the culture or the habit of seeking out medical care when they feel that something's wrong. And we know from research that that's not the ideal way to go about things. So like you were saying, primary care screenings regularly are the best way to stay on top of your health and to catch any minor changes that could potentially be concerning when they're still small, when things are still early. So practically speaking, the best way to go about that is finding a primary care provider. That's obviously not something that's possible for everybody, but if you have the ability to have a primary care provider, that's really important to see them yearly throughout your life in different ages, sometimes different life stages apart from your age. There can be different things that are more likely to come up in terms of your health conditions. And that can be really difficult to remember just as a person. So that's why you have your doctor or your nurse practitioner or your physician's assistant who are your primary care providers who can keep track of those things that you need to be aware of or on the lookout for. They can do any blood work necessary to see how everything's functioning. Sometimes there will be imaging as you go through life. Um, to assess for any potential conditions or to make sure that they're not there. 
And it's really important to have the documentation of what your health has been at various points. And it's also very important to have the ability to know in that moment um, what your risk factors are for various things and whether you're at a higher risk based on your screening results. Well, thank you. Going back to what I said initially is that we usually think about health and wellness in terms of physical health, but let's start thinking about health and wellness in terms of some other areas. So how about we talk about something that I never really even considered, which is occupational health and wellness. Noelle, can you tell us a little bit about occupational health and wellness? I can. I think this is something that has really come into our collective consciousness more Mm -hmm. since the pandemic. A lot of people were home from work. A lot of people were working from home or working various hours. And I think a lot of people started to notice a shift in how they were feeling with the amount of time that maybe they were spending at home versus at work. And I think that's a perfect example of work-life balance. That I think is the primary thing that you think of when you think of occupational health and wellness. It's important to have a distinction between when you're working and when you're off the clock, so to speak. And to be able to really find balance, that's, I feel like the big buzzword when we talk about health and wellness, it's all about balance, but finding a system where you don't feel burnt out by work because that can lead to a lot of stress, which is not great. Mm -hmm. I think a secondary thing to think of when you think of occupational wellness is where you're looking to go in your career and making sure that you're taking steps to get to where you want to be, whether that's small steps, like maybe talking to your manager about growth opportunities within your job. That might be considering a career change. If you find that your job or occupation is really leading to a lot of stress and anxiety for you. And then I think a third aspect of occupational wellness that kind of bleeds into one of the other aspects of wellness that we'll talk about is the relationship that you have with your coworkers. Yeah. Previously, you know, I was a school leader and then was in school administration, um, senior administration within schools. And my last position, honestly, I had a workplace that I would consider toxic and it really put a strain on my personal moral and ethical boundaries, some of what I was expected to do. And I came to the point where I had to make a decision. Was the money that important where my own personal value system, belief system, was I willing to risk that in order to continue to receive the paycheck? I'm thankful that I was in a position where I didn't need to continue on in that career path, but had I needed to, I know I would have had to make a change because one, the the personal stress and, and strain that I was under you know, existing within a toxic workplace environment, it affected my personal happiness. And we're talking here about a journey toward, you know, pathways toward positivity. You know, part of living a positive life is living in a space of peace and happiness and contentedness within oneself, right? But if work becomes an area that contributes to stress and anxiety, that takes a toll on not only your you know, your physical health, but your emotional health and everything else. So I think this area of occupational health and wellness, obviously, you know, money is important, but if you're in a situation where you're, you realize that you are not in a healthy occupational setting, 
perhaps starting to put those plans into place where maybe you can make a change down the road. Just being aware, I think, of the importance of occupational health and wellness and the impact it has on your ability to live a more positive life is really great at this, you know, within this podcast. It's something I really hadn't considered as an area of health and wellness before. And I think as Gen Xers, were raised when you thought about careers that you worked, you worked eight hours and if they needed you, and if you were really important and high up there, you needed to be available at all costs. Family, There was no work-life balance at all. What I love is I think it was highlighted in during COVID when you found out things could still work. And things were still running just fine with not 10 hours of work. Yeah. And I think that is something that we'll see changing in the coming years post-COVID. I assume there's probably some literature and some research that's being done about this, but I can only currently speak anecdotally. But I think that we're seeing more people working from home even after lockdown was over. People have seen that you can still work efficiently and it can be a lot better for people's overall well-being, being at home more often if they have families, for instance, or even just being in the comfort of your own home can do wonders for you sometimes. You know, it's a space that you curate for yourself. So I do think that we'll probably see that more moving forward in the future. Have you heard this term, quiet quitting? Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yes, I have. I literally just read an article just the other day about quiet quitting. And it's, I thought, what does that mean, quiet quitting? Does it mean just walk out of your job? But no, it actually means that you have now chosen to say, I will do the bare minimum of what I'm hired to do that this job entails during the hours that I was hired to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really an interesting concept because so many people in the past just would put in exorbitant hours to try to climb this sort of corporate ladder or whatever their career field was, get to the top. But you were hired to do a specific job during specific hours. And so some people give this quiet quitting idea, you know, a bad rap. But Mm -hmm. in my opinion, when I think about quiet quitting, I think it's I'm finding that balance. I will give the job what I said I would give it. I will do what I was hired to do in the hours that I was hired to do it. But I find it interesting that it's called quiet quitting because that connotation in and of itself is so negative, Mm -hmm. but really it's saying I'm going to find work-life balance. I'm going to do what I was hired to do, but then I'm also going to respect my own personal and quality time. All right, moving on to, how about this one, Noelle? Social health and wellness. Social health and wellness, I think is a huge factor of overall health and wellness. I feel like I'll probably say that about every aspect though, because as we kind of touched on, all of these things kind of work together to form your overall sense of health and wellness. Mm -hmm. But social is a big one because human beings are inherently extremely social beings. Pretty much everything that we do in life is involved in interacting with other people as well. So I think some of the big things to consider in social health are making sure that you have positive relationships. Quality over quantity might be a way to describe that in some cases. Having relationships where you feel safe, you feel that you can be your authentic self without having to put on extra airs or fit yourself into certain boxes. I think an aspect of social health and wellness can be setting boundaries 
in your relationships with your significant other, with your family members, with your friends, also with, you know, potentially your boss, as we talked about with mm-hmm. occupational health and well-being. I think another thing is conflict resolution. So finding healthy ways to approach disagreements with people can be a really big contributor to how you feel socially. And I think another one is spending time with people, making sure that you understand how much time you need to be around other people. I know you've all talked about introverts versus extroverts previously. Some people require different amounts of time with other people in order to feel socially satisfied. So being aware of how much time you require with other people and then finding ways to connect with people. Yeah. Evelyn talked about this earlier. She's very aware of her need to recharge her battery because both Evelyn and I do have introversion tendencies and there's nothing wrong with that. That is part of contributing to your social health and wellness. And I also think what's really, really important is that in the age of social media, we form authentic connections. So many connections that we form with people these days are not authentic. They're just the surface of what we choose to share with the world, but they're not what we experience in our the fullness of our lives as we live them. And so we form these connections and like, oh, these are my friends. You know, I have 323 friends, but do they know anything about me? Do I know anything about them other than what I choose to put out there on social media. Authentic connection is being able to be real and raw and who you are and having that safe place where you can trust in, you know, an exchange of information and ideas and emotions and all of that. It creates a safe space that contributes to one's social health and wellness. I think friendships are so important and I don't think they should be taken. I think you can have different levels of friendships, you know, and so you can have, and I've always had a hard time with uh, just having the people that you see and you just sort of talk about the weather and I've never really been interested in that. So I would have these very high expectations of my social interactions with people that I see regularly. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, not everybody needs that mm-hmm. level of depth in their conversations. So even at this age, I'm still learning that I it's okay for me to like to accept that about myself and not have people who can't have deep conversations with me in my life. And then I have been able to collect the friends and keep, you know, Erica's we know this, right? I mean, yeah. I love having my conversations with you. And then to be totally honest, I have two other friends. And mm-hmm. then I have my adult children that we have are developing like this friendship and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having these meaningful conversations. And I want to say like socially, I do feel uplifted and I feel whole and I feel healthy in that way. Mm -hmm. The same way that poison is like toxic to the human body, like social toxicity is just like deadly to your social health and wellness, you know? So if there is toxicity within your relationships and you have gone through periods of like conflict resolution or anything, and it's just, it's just toxic, that needs to be weeded out of your life. When we're talking about forging pathways to positivity, our relationships, our social energy should 
in general, overall, fuel our sense of positivity as we move through life. Okay, well, let's move on. Dr. Noel, to intellectual health and wellness, another one that I never really thought of. Can you talk with us a little bit about intellectual health and wellness? I can. Intellectual health and wellness is about continued growth and expansion. It's about having a curiosity about you as you go through life, continuing to seek out things that kind of test the way that you see the world it can be, that increase your knowledge base about various activities, hobbies, interests that you have. It's about not allowing yourself to stagnate and kind of continuing to grow in what you know, the experiences that you've had, and challenging thoughts that you've had for a long time and continuing to reflect and allow yourself to potentially change or potentially take information and decide that you still relate to the way that you previously felt. Oh, this one might be my favorite. No, the way that you define that, it went a lot broader than I had thought, but I really love that part about curiosity and challenging checking in with yourself. I think that's getting old. Well, when curious, when you're not curious anymore, to me, my, that's my definition of dying. When you just have your ideas, you know it all. There's nothing more to learn. There's no new opinion to form. You know, you don't always have to be looking for new ways, new things to talk about. You can revisit. I love what you just said. Revisit an old thought that you had before and see if that still applies because you're not the same person you were when you first decided that was your viewpoint. So I love that. Yeah. And you know, if we go back to who we are in that episode that we talked about, who are you? Who do I want to be? And how do I align it to? So much of who we are before we really do this um, sort of examination of who we are is just something that has been passed down to us, whether it's opinions or values or beliefs or anything else. Mm -hmm. If we never, if we, if we fail to continue to practice thinking, thinking about things like metacognition, thinking about our thoughts and all of that, if we fail to practice that as part of, you know, our overall health and wellness, we become what you said, the word Noel stagnant. But the worst part about that is that we're never able to really process the world from our own points of view. We're only processing it from what's been passed down to us. We need to examine who we are And part of that is continuing to challenge our own inner thoughts, to continue to exercise our brains, to continue to be recipients of new information and new ideas and process that new information. And maybe along the way, eliminate some of our cognitive biases as we begin to interpret this new information. And I think that exercising, well, I know this, exercising our brains is as important as exercising our bodies. Our ability to think is inherent to our ability to grow as humans. Our growth isn't just physical. It's There's an intellectual growth that we all experience. And so this whole idea of intellectual health and wellness is a really big one to me. I don't want to be the same person I was cognitively 20 years ago. I want to be a person who is continuing to grow in a cognitive capacity so that I can learn more about who I want to be and grow closer to that. And that is forging a pathway to positivity for my future. Intellectual health and well-being 
it's in some ways one of the easiest things and in some ways one of the hardest. I know this is a very dated thing to say, but we have the world at our fingertips now mm-hmm. with our phones or, you know, computers, whatever the case may be. We have so much information so easily accessible. Mm-hmm. And that makes it easier than ever before to learn new things, to see new perspectives, to find things that challenge the way we think in one way or another. It can also make it more difficult because as much new information, as much challenging information as you may come across, you can find just as much, if not more information to reinforce what you have previously thought or keep you from exploring beyond your kind of intellectual comfort zone. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Intellectual Intellectual comfort comfort zone. zone. Yeah. You want to step out of that. Yeah, absolutely. So Dr. Noel, let's move on and discuss a little bit about environmental health and wellness. Environmental health and wellness has a lot of different factors to it. There's the basic needs aspect of having a place to live that's safe and secure and you have the necessities that you need like food, maybe air conditioning or heating, depending on where you live, Um, just the basic needs to be a human in an environment. There are also other aspects like the way that you cultivate the environment that you have, like creating a space that maybe is clean and bright, that has a decor that really fosters feelings of calmness and contentment. That can be a big thing. Some people might prefer to live in a cluttered environment that makes them feel creative or busy. That's also potentially um, an environmental state that would contribute to somebody's health and wellness. And then there's also the practical aspect of being actually outside in the world and getting things like vitamin D from outside because you really need that, as I'm sure anybody who has seasonal affective disorder might understand. It can be very important to be out in the world. So I think those are the three kind of pillars, the basic needs, the cultivating of your physical space and the practical aspect of being out in the world, getting what we need from nature. I I really like that you, when you said cultivate your space, that you recognize that everything being neat and tidy may be what contributes to environmental health, wellness for one person, but it might not be that for everyone. So I love that you distinct you made that distinction because don't feel if you like to have all your stuff around so you can see that this is my life and I'm busy. I like that you said that, you know, then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you as long as it's making you feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do think, and, you know, we touched on this briefly, Evelyn, when we were talking about when we were in our golf cart talk earlier, for me, the practical aspect of the environment that I surround myself with, like plants and nature and all of that, like I love being outside in my outdoor space and being a part of nature out there and exploring and experiencing nature. That is contributing to my environmental health and wellness. I am lucky enough and fortunate enough to surround myself 
in my outdoor environment with things that bring me great joy. And that only leads toward greater positivity as I move forward in my life. We might not all have these amazing outdoor spaces, but what can we surround ourselves with that bring us joy? How can we create that environment of peace or that environment of lively discord, if that's what you prefer? I guess the point I'm trying to make is your environment should bring you personal joy. And whatever you can do to cultivate that or create that or bring that, introduce that to your life only serves to further your own journey on your pathway to positivity. Okay, so our last area that we're going to discuss today is cultural health and wellness. So Dr. Noel, will you please talk to us a little bit about cultural health and wellness? Absolutely. I think cultural health and wellness can also in some ways be one of the more difficult things to achieve because I think even though culture is so prevalent and such a major aspect of the way that our societies function, it can be somewhat difficult to pinpoint because when we think about culture, we think about different social groups, their traditions, their practices, their worldviews, perhaps things that can be common among different races, ethnicities, genders, sexual orientations, and other social groups, religions as well. By its very definition, it's something that's very ingrained in the members of that culture. So I think the first step is kind of identifying the specific cultures that you are a part of and what impacts those have on your worldview, on your habits, on your traditions, on the way that you kind of see and understand things. And then I think the next step beyond that is seeing ways that you can continue to foster those cultural relationships, find people who kind of support your cultural habits and traditions, and also venturing outside of your own cultures to learn more about other cultures. It can be fairly difficult sometimes because sometimes cultures are incredibly personal things. Sometimes they express themselves very vividly and vibrantly, and sometimes they're expressed through kind of the small, quiet aspects of life. So really exposing yourself to people who fit into different cultural groups than you do, or learning about various cultures. We talked about the fact that we all have phones or computers. You can research through vlogs or books or articles or research literature and kind of understanding the beauty that culture brings to society If you do have a personal culture, something that I have recently been experiencing probably the last 10 years of my adult life is being able to understand certain aspects of your culture, but deciding for yourself if that's something that you will agree to, Yeah, I think. And you're right. Culture is very, uh, it's sensitive. It's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think that culture is historically one of those areas that is so ingrained that it ends up being oftentimes for many people within cultures, a sense of ethnocentricity 
Oh, forms, whereby it's difficult to think that anything other than that is right. Even if you subscribe to all of the ideals within your own culture, understanding and appreciating cultural differences, I believe, is paramount to personal growth. If we are rooted deeply in our own cultures, that's a great thing. But to not understand and appreciate it the, and appreciate the uniqueness and distinctions that make others within their cultures unique and special, it, it creates a very stagnant lifestyle. I think when I talk about for myself forging pathways to positivity, I want to see the beauty in all cultures. You know, we are so lucky to live here in Hawaii, Evelyn, where so many cultures are present. I never want to stay within my own self. I always want to learn more about different cultures. I still want to mm-hmm. feel connected to parts of my own heritage mm-hmm. and my own culture, but yet I have a quest for learning, a quest for knowledge and experiences that involve other cultures, because I think it can create this broader, more well-rounded, more tolerant, more appreciative me as I move Uh forward. And that is a pathway to positivity for my life. Well, Noelle, I just want to thank you so much for guiding our conversation today and giving us your expert opinion on the different types of health and wellness. I have a new appreciation for thinking about health and wellness in a more perhaps holistic way than I had previously. And I really just appreciate you taking the time to share this with us. So it's time to ease off the platform with this week's Better Than Fine Practice. The Better Than Fine practice is a weekly takeaway mindful practice that will allow you to take steps to forge pathways to positivity in your own life. This week's practice is to reflect on these areas of wellness and see how and where you are and if there is room to be more intentional. I know for me, some areas I am making healthy choices and others need some attention. In our identity series, we went deep into deciding who we were and who we wanted to be, and then how to align the two. I want to become someone who cares for myself holistically. Visiting each of these areas is a good gauge for me to check in and make appropriate adjustments. Be kind and loving when you reflect. This is all about paving pathways towards positivity. Thank you, Evelyn, for that practice. Today, we explored six areas where we can shift our outlook on health and wellness. As we stated before, focusing on health and wellness has a huge impact on living your best, most positive life. Our goal in this episode, as in every episode, is to encourage you in your journey to live fully, mindfully, and joyfully. We hope you found this episode to be enlightening And perhaps you have been inspired to take one more step on the pathway to positivity by exploring health and wellness through this new positive lens. If you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of The Positivity Platform, please follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio to receive updates and alerts when new episodes are released. And please leave us a comment on our social media, positivity.platform on Facebook and Instagram, 
and the Positivity Platform on Twitter at PosPod2022. Thank you for joining us on the Positivity Platform.